You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Monday, August 2nd. 2021 on today's show we'll discuss the Nationals uh, last couple moves they made last week I did not hit on the John Lester move and the Josh Harrison and Jan Gomes trade as well so we didn't touch on those uh, in our last recording we'll hit on those and then this weekend's series against the Cubs the Nats take two of three we'll discuss what we saw from the Natitudes this weekend hope you all enjoy All right, so still some uh, trade deadline stuff to clean up. A couple trades that came across late on Friday after I'd recorded with Matt Weirich of NBC Sports Washington. So the first deal sends Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison to the A's to get catcher Drew Milas, uh, right-handed pitchers Seth Schumann, and then Richard Gauch as well. So the Nationals, you know, those two guys expiring, it, it made sense for them. Um, now, there is some consensus Real, and, and I mean consensus, on Friday morning amongst a lot of reporters, Matt Weirich and I talked about it. Um, you saw it from, I think, Jesse Doherty had something about it, and Mark Zuckerman did. But there was some pretty strong sentiment that Josh Harrison was not going to be moved. There was strong sentiment that Jan Gomes would be moved. It felt like the last move that the Nats were going to make. But it ends up being both Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison involved in a trade that, once again, sends them to the A's. They get a catcher in Drew Milas, who is a uh, switch-hitting catcher for the A's, and he's just 23 years old. He's hitting two fifty-five uh, with 28 RBIs and three homers, as well as 10 stolen bases and high Lansing this season. So he'll slide into the Nets' 24th-ranked spot, according to MLB.com. And then also, uh, they've also got Schumann, who I mentioned before, right-hand pitcher. He has been really strong this year. Uh, 2.55 ERA with 60, 62 Ks and uh, 56 innings of work in high A ball. And then they get Gauss from Lansing, who struggled 4.67 ERA, 68 Ks uh, in 54 innings across 13 games, nine of those starts. So, uh, and apparently he's got a pretty good slider, uh, according to Jessica Camarado of MLB.com. So he'll round out the Nationals' top 30 prospect list. So they pulled the trigger on that deal. And then there was the more shocking deal. Um, and not shocking as in it sent you know waves across the baseball world, but surprising. John Lester gets sent to the Cardinals, and for I mean for Lane Thomas, who like who's played in the major leagues, and if you listen to this podcast at all this year, uh, John Lester not a podcast favorite. We don't like his performance. We don't think he really provided a whole lot in terms of leadership on a team that was already pretty old, right, with Max Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin. All of those guys are in their 30s. Joe Ross is, uh, you know, about to be 30 years old. Eric Fetty is in his late 20s. So there's not a whole lot of young pitching that needs guidance, and so it kind of made it pretty odd that John Lester was added because he didn't add much in that respect. And then his performances weren't very good either. And the fact that the Nationals were able to flip him for a player who has played in the major leagues, and I know Lane Thomas has not been very good, um, but they flipped him for a guy who's played in the major leagues, is pretty impressive. I expect Lane Thomas this year to get some PT if made available. I I, I think it's definitely uh, going to happen. I know he has not had a very good year this year, but you all know me. I'm I'm the king of uh, new scenery 
can do a lot of guys a lot of good. And I think Lane Thomas might be an example of that. So we'll have to see. And I look, and by a lot of good, I mean, you know, just to provide anything, um, you know, anything solid for the Nationals this year at all. I mean, because it's pretty thin. And I'll talk about my experience at the ballpark this weekend. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought they were going to have to DFA him. Like, there was a point where the Nationals were competing. John Lester was probably going to get DFA'd. And the fact they are able to trade him away is um, that might be the most impressive move they make. I know Lane Thomas might just amount to nothing, but at least Lane Thomas is a piece, somebody you can take a flyer on. For a guy you signed at the beginning of the year and John Lester and did not deliver anything close um, to what you thought. So the shocking part is the Nationals getting a player out of that, despite the fact that uh, Lane Thomas, you know, has not performed at a very, uh, you know, at a very impressive clip. Um but yeah, I mean, for them getting a guy like that, you know, it's just once again a guy you can take a flyer on. Uh, that is somebody that you really, you know, that you're pretty happy about, and he's got team control, uh, you know, at least uh, next season as well. In addition to this year, so it's somebody that it's going to slot in your farm system. Maybe you can call up at some point in time. We'll see what the Nationals do, but they got at least a player, right? somebody that, that could potentially give them some time. And look, it's not like the guys in the outfield right now have been raking outside of Juan Soto. Uh, Stevenson, and I know Parra has been hitting better, but uh, Victor Robles has been absolutely crap. Uh, he's been absolutely crap as of late. So, yeah, I mean, this is a guy I, I think, you know, they'll give some rotational time to. They'll platoon him out there and uh, maybe see if they can get something out of him this year and into the future next year if he can contribute in any meaningful way. But even if he doesn't, the fact they're able to, to get a guy they could take a flyer on for John Lester, once again, very impressive to me. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to touch on the Nationals' farm system, which has been greatly improved. And then we'll hit on this weekend's games, because uh, I was actually at two of them. It was Saturday and Sunday. There's a whole lot to talk about from the entire weekend's action, uh, so we'll get to that next. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, uh, across the Olympics or in the major leagues or at the college level, all of those things you guys can bet on at betonline.ag. It's really easy to sign up. You go to betonline.ag today. You can do it on your iPhone, your tablet, your computer. You make an account. It's free to do. Then you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. And when you do your first deposit, say you deposit 100 bucks. They'll give you an extra 50 to play with in site credit if you use that promo code locked on. So they're really, uh, really incentivizing you guys to go sign up and use that promo code locked on because uh, 50% sign up bonuses. You guys don't see those at many gambling websites. Uh, so I encourage you guys to go try that out. Once again, bet online, promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on. Go try that out today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, so the Nationals. Get that fat haul for the uh, for the entire you know their entire trade deadline acquisitions. They've added a bunch of pieces, and you've seen those guys show up now because um, before last week, the Nats' number one prospect was Cade Cavalli. Number two, Jackson Rutledge. Now you look at the list. There is a new number one prospect. There is a new number two prospect. The number one prospect who has come over from the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers is K-Bear Ruiz. And this is something I messed up last week. Um, you know, I don't know a lot about other teams' prospects, so I was doing some research for the show, and I was talking to some people yesterday at the ball game. Not everybody knew how to pronounce it, so to make sure everybody knows, it is K-Bear Ruiz. Uh, you know, like the letter K, and then like the animal bear. K-Bear Ruiz. Not Kybert, not 
Kybert, not whoever it is, you know, Kbert. It is Kybert Ruiz. So um, he is the new number one in the Nationals farm system. The new number two is Josiah Gray. And Josiah Gray, the right-handed pitcher, is going to make his debut tonight. Now, Matt Wyrick had a picture uh, yesterday on Twitter. Uh, it did not look like he was too thrilled to be in D.C. Just kind of, uh, you know, slouched over on the on the side of the dugout, uh, you know, just just hanging out in there. And I, we were all joking. You know, people were responding saying, hey, uh, he looks thrilled to be here. No, he was just hanging out inside the dugout. It was fine. Um, he'll make his debut tonight against the Phillies, his Nats debut. So I think it's really important that when you trade for these prospects, People can see returns somewhat soon, and not just in the form of Josiah Gray will we see that. We're going to see Mason Thompson as well. He was in the bullpen getting loose yesterday for the Nationals, and that's somebody they've added now. He is their number 16 prospect, listed to be in AAA the way the Nats' bullpen is right now. There's no sense in keeping him down there. So he is now going to be part of the fray for the Nationals at this point in time. So... That's a guy right there that is your number 16 prospect. They got him the Daniel Hudson trade, and that's a guy you're going to see here pretty quickly. Uh, and once again, Huddy is one of the best closers, well, best closers, but one of the best relief pitchers in the league for a guy who doesn't like closing. I actually thought he was pretty damn good at it. Um, but yeah, so the, the Nationals netted that. And there's another guy that we're going to get to see this week, uh, or at least you know, I, I'd assume he pitched this week. He did not make it into the game yesterday, but he's been added, and so that's somebody who could potentially be available. I would be shocked if we don't see KB Ruiz by the end of the year. That's a guy that we're definitely going to see up in the major leagues. He is ready. Um, he is a catching prospect, which they need. The Nats loaded up on catchers with Ruiz, and they got Adams in the Brad Hand trade, and then uh, Riley Adams, who is their number 13 prospect. He's in AAA, and he could definitely make a move. Obviously, they've got Trace Barrera right there right now. Alex Avila is hurt, and then obviously... Uh, Millis, who they added from Milas Millis, who we'll, we'll get the pronunciation right on that one too, uh, who they added from the A's as their number 24 prospect. And he, he'll he be a while. He'll be a little bit before he makes the major leagues. Um, but they've got Ruiz, they've got Barrera, they've got Adams. And then uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what they do with Alex Avila. I'm not sure he'll be back, but still, they're building some catcher depth at that position. We'll see if they have to move some guys. But uh, I think Trace Barrera... For what he's given this team, a really good lift. Um, not totally unexpected because we actually knew the guy was a pretty good hitter. But I think, yeah, it's been something that's been really good to see of the Nationals having that guy step up um, in that kind of way for them. So that's that's been good. They get to see some progression on that front. They really loaded up that catcher position. They should be good for years to come. Out of It's a premium position, and you have to think, out of all the guys the Nats added, they're going to be able to find two competent guys to help to hold down that catching position, uh, I fully expect this group of guys to be able to find those two. All right, we'll take one more break. We'll discuss what we saw this weekend and then preview what's coming up next weekend. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, they've got 10 flavors available right now. And I promise you there is something for everybody. Coconut, cherry bar chia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, 10 awesome, delicious, available flavors. They've only got 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams at, of, of net carbs. Go to Built.com. It's a new website now. Built.com. 
Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, at Built.com for 15% off today. All right, so the Washington Nationals took two of three this weekend from the Chicago Cubs. I was lucky enough to go to games two and three of this series, and in game two, I want to say shout out to listener Suzanne. Uh, I was just talking to somebody in the in the concourse, and uh, I could tell she was listening to the conversation a little bit, which I don't blame her. You know, I'm, you guys can tell I'm a little loud, and so uh, you know we were able to connect there and gave me some great feedback about the show. And if I ever run into anybody, please feel free to give me some feedback. I actually love it. You know, it's it's. I, I told her the other day. I was, I was saying, look, it's tough doing a solo show. There's nobody to bounce your ideas off of. So it's good when you guys, the fans, challenge me. When you guys talk to me in person, when you guys send me stuff on Twitter, I absolutely love it. I love all of it. It's really great. It's fun to interact. And also, it's good to know you know people are listening out there, and it's nice to engage with them so I can more um, tailor the show to you all. So this weekend, you know, let's talk about this, this series, because we're not about wins and losses anymore, people. It's not what we're about. We're about themes. We're about ideas. We're about performances that make us think about the next few years moving forward. That's really what it's about right now for the Nationals. And they got this series, the new era of Nationals baseball, started off on the right foot. A 4-3 to three win on Friday night for the Nationals, um, which saw a couple things I want to mention here along the way. Uh, we saw Luis Garcia with a home run, right? Big conversation around Luis Garcia is, what will his power look like at his best? When he gets older, when he fills out more, will he have some power that translates to the major league level? And he is, you can tell he's working on it. You can tell he's bulking up. But once again, at 21 years old, the size just sometimes for these guys, and there's some kids who are naturally built and big. Luis is built at six feet, 190. Um, I think he's he's not a big guy, but I think he's got a little bit of width to him. I think he's a guy that can fill out and has somewhat of an athletic frame. So at just 21 years old, I'm really curious to see what he looks like at 25, at 26, when he really begins to fill out. Will that power come with him? And he's shown it in flashes. So he's shown it in flashes. So we'll see if that continues to build for him. Carter Kibu, a two-hit game. On Friday night, um, the first six guys, seven guys actually, in the lineup all end up getting hits uh, in this game. So they were able to use all those guys very effectively. Stevenson, Escobar, Soto, Bell, Garcia. They kept the line moving. They were all able at different points of the game to contribute. Have to mention the pitching here. Paulo Espino continues to impress all of us. Five and a third, four hits, one earned run, one walk. Six Ks on 76 pitches, and he picks up the win. Andres Machado gets a hold. Ryan Harper gets a hold. Gabe Klobositz struggles. And then Kyle Finnegan gets his first, or his second, rather, uh, major league save, and then was able to get his next save uh, in, in the final game. So this guy's moving in the closer spot now, and I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's got stuff that translates to being, to being a closer pretty well. So uh, we'll see what Kyle Finnegan does. Took care of business today and, uh, excuse me, on Friday. And he did so in the Sunday game. All right, on Saturday, Nats take a 6-3 loss. Joe Ross 
struggled some in this game. The um, you know, They were on him. The credit to the Cubs lineup, the Cubs were on him. And also Kyle Hendricks pitched a really strong game. He was, uh, it was seven innings for him, three uh, Ks. And Kyle Hendricks this year, king of the decisions, he's 13-4 and four on the season with a 3.71 ERA. For context, Marcus Stroman this year as a sub-3 ERA, and I think he's like, it was, it's like, uh, six and seven, maybe something around that range. So to show you how wins and losses really translate, but Kyle Hendricks, king of the decisions, gets run support here. Um, Rex brothers try to make it dicey, but they were able to hold on for the win. Yeah, once again, Joe Ross, four and a third, seven hits, five runs, four and one walk, uh, five Ks, a lot of homer as well to Rafael Ortega, who was smoking hot this weekend. He goes two for five in the, in this game with a home run on Saturday. And on Sunday, we'll talk about that in a second, but it was very good as well. Victor Robles, it was great to see him get a hit and walk because they're trying to get him going any way they can on offense, and it just does not seem to be working in any way, shape, or form. The Nationals are struggling with that. That's something definitely to look at. The day-in, day-out play of guys like Barrera and Kiboom and Garcia is what I'm looking for. They're not a great day at the plate for those guys in this game as the Nationals fall 6-3. to three. So something to look at on a day-to-day basis. How can those guys contribute and fight for their spots next year? Uh, because they're, they're in the system still. Garcia, you feel pretty strongly about. Robles, you know, I, I've been behind him for a lot of the year and clearly searching for it right now. I've said this a bunch. I keep saying it again. They need him to be average or slightly below average on offense. And that will play because of how good his defense is. But he's got to get there. And Matt Weirich made a great point about Victor revamping, changing, um, you know, making his swing, you know, just trying to do whatever he can to get that swing to a place where he can find some consistency. It's so difficult to do. It's so difficult to do when you're tampering and tinkering um, with it, you know, this season and during the season itself and trying to figure out what you want to do. He's getting the green light now to play out there. In the future, maybe not. I mean, he's splitting a lot of time with Andrew Stevenson, and neither of those guys are really performing at a good offensive clip right now. So they've got to both improve. I will say Robles with a 322 on base and a 201 average does show a propensity to get on a bit more than guys like an Andrew Stevenson, even though the the, you know, the hitting numbers might not be there. But look, as a leadoff guy, let's just see if he gets on base more. I think I think that's the thing to watch. He was 0 for 3 on the Sunday game, but did have a walk. And we'll get to that game now. Um, so the Nationals win 6-5. to five. This was a fun back-and-forth game. This started off with a Rafael Ortega home run. He has been lights out. It was fun to watch him uh, kind of work. The Nats really keep the line moving in the third inning. Josh Bell drives in two runs. Yadiel Hernandez drives in a run uh, after that. He had a monster game. Josh Bell singles to right in the fourth inning. That makes it four to one. But Rafael Ortega in the sixth gives them, uh, puts the Cubs within one with a two run shot. Yadiel Hernandez goes opposite field, bottom seven to make it five three Nats. Ortega in the top of the eighth goes deep. Uh, that one makes it five five. And this one was a rocket. This was second level right side. Once he hit it, you knew it was going a tank off Wander Suero. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Yadiel Hernandez goes the opposite way. I think when it landed in the bullpen, the Cubs bullpen out in left center field, 
to send the Nats home. And this was a really good feel-good moment for the Nationals this weekend. Eric Fetty pitched pretty well, did have those runs he gave up late. Uh, he ends up giving three runs and in six innings, eight Ks for him, two homers. So a decent outing for him. Uh, once again, I always say, hey, if you give up three runs or six or seven innings, that should be enough to keep your team competitive in the game. And uh, it was in this one. Kyle Finnegan, once again, gets the save. Uh, also, oh, excuse me, he gets the save. He gets the win in this game. Um, another strong ninth inning outing from him. I think he's going to solidify that spot, and we'll see if the Nationals uh, want to continue to keep him on this team. But I think Kyle Finnegan is going to definitely gonna find his way on a, uh, you know, he's, he's good to go in terms of where he'll be roster-wise. Juan Soto this game didn't get a hit but had a huge effect. He walks three times. Two of them were intentional. It just shows you that even for him when he's not you're necessarily getting hits or whatever, he can be very effective. Josh Bell, like I said, not with power today, but spraying balls all over the yard, driving in a pair of runs as well. Uh, he had, you know, it'll say that if you go to the game by game, the play by play, he gets three runs driven in. But um, on that first one, uh, I think it was yeah, one set was able to take home off of a throw to second that should not have gone to second, and then he was able to, to run home and score. So Yadiel Hernandez goes four for five with two home runs, two of them being opposite field. He has shown a propensity at times to get on a little bit of a bender because, you, you know, if you remember earlier in the year when he and Josh Harrison were holding down the lineup and everybody was out, Yadiel had a pretty good stretch of time. He had the time where he was, he was really hitting pretty well. Tough day for the, your, your Garcias and your Kibooms. Those guys go combined one for six um, on the day. Adrian Sanchez is a guy, you know, he goes one for three, so good for him with a walk, too. Ray Rivera goes one for three uh, with a strikeout. So they got a little bit of production from those guys. The bottom heart of Para gets a hit. So it was actually a very nice team effort. They were able to keep that line moving, keep guys on the base paths, and actually hit with runners in scoring position, which is something that they're not usually good at. They were 333. Uh, still left 10 guys on base, but at least they drove a couple guys in, and Josh Bell gets two of those hits in those situations, so he deserves a lot of credit there. Where are the Nationals now, you ask? Well, they actually picked up a game on the Mets this weekend. The New York Mets are 55-49. and 49. They're in first place. Three and a half games clear of the Philadelphia Phillies, who are 52-53. and 53. The Braves are four games back at 52-54. and 54. The Nats are six and a half back at 49 and 56. And then the Marlins are 11 and a half back at uh, 44 and 61. So the Nationals actually end up picking up a game. But once again, we're not division watching. We're not scoreboard watching elsewhere. Very much, you know, obviously it's your prerogative. If you'd like to be, you can. But I think if you're if you're hoping for a Nationals playoff chase, well, uh, I've got some bad news for you. This, this group that they put out in the field Skeleton crew, to say the least. I know there's reinforcements coming with the guys that they got, but as a skeleton crew in terms of major league quality, top to bottom right now for the Nationals, but that is part of a rebuild. That is what it looks like. I would say one goal for the Nats to, to maintain is, hey, let's see if you guys can get a positive record at home when this thing is all said and done. Right now, uh, I believe they're 29-26 and 26 at, at Nats Park this year. If they can maintain that, 29-26, uh, yep, 29-26, at Nats Park this year. If they can maintain above 500, that's actually a pretty good standard, I think. If they can if they can maintain and keep that with this roster, that would be a good spot to be in. All right, so the Nationals, uh, four games coming up with the Philadelphia Phillies, all of them at home here. You will get a matchup between Josiah Gray making his uh, Nationals debut against, it looks like it's listed on ESPN. Once again, this always change. 
Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. He will be out there pitching, according to one skin, according to ESPN today. Tuesday night at 7.05, same as Monday, Patrick Corbin and Zach Wheeler. Um, it's funny that two of those two guys kind of positioned as third or fourth guys in the National League East a few years ago, and now the tables have turned. Corbin just struggling immensely. Zach Wheeler come on very strong, and with uh, Jacob deGrom's injury, he is making a fine accounting of himself and should be in any Cy Young considerations. No doubt in my mind about that. Wednesday, 7.05, it is Paulo Espino against Vince Velasquez. That is how it sets up uh, right now for the Phillies, so Vince Velasquez and then also the Nats, as I mentioned, Paulo Espino. And then on Thursday, Joe Ross and Aaron Nola right now. So the Nationals in the rotation, once they add Josiah Gray, it's going to be Gray, Corbin, Espino, Ross, and Fetty. Those are your five guys now in the rotation as we head down the rest of the year. And something to look at for all of them. For uh, Josiah Gray, what does he look like managing his innings? How the Nationals, a lot of questions for him, but how does that get handled? Then you, you scoot on over to Paulo Espino. Wow, can this guy continue to be a revelation for the Nationals? He has been so good. Can he just keep giving them those five solid innings where he keeps them in games? And then Joe Ross, uh, somebody that once again, just looking for that consistency. I think he's clearly earned himself a spot in the rotation next year. Um, you know, even if things don't go well down the back end, we've seen what a quality starter he can be. And Eric Fetty just been kind of battling you know, good and bad. I and mean, there's just so much there for him, right? And there's stretches where he looks really good and he's out there and fastballs humming, getting guys strike out, you know, eight strikeouts. And there's yesterday, you know, late in the ball game where he really just gives it up late. And I kind of think the end of his starts, there's a lot of guys, how it works. The end of their start is where they're really not the strongest. So something to watch for all of the Nats pitchers now, something to pitch for, for all of those guys pitching for roster spots, for quality, for, you know, uh, trying to establish themselves, really something on the line for all these guys, which makes this exciting to watch. But tonight's a big night. You get, you get the debut on your squad of a top-tier prospect. This is a good night where you sit back in your chair uh, and hopefully you uh, you enjoy it a lot. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching Josiah Gray pitch tonight. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Uh, you can follow me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.